What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I am sitting across the table from my mom, Barb. Hi, Barb. Hi, Michelle. Hi, everyone. How's it going being you today? It's going great. How's it going being you today? I feel a little frazzled, to be quite honest. Yeah, there's a lot going on. You know, I know we had mercury and retrograde situations happening last month. And I'm like, okay, it's over. So things should start to settle down, but I don't feel like it has. I just think that there's so much going on. Yeah. Life in general in the external world is presenting. I feel like all of us with so much anxiety, but also so much sorrow. I mean, there's just a, I mean, life has always been this way, but for whatever reason, it's really feeling heavier and so I think everyone should just take a deep breath and give themselves a huge break. Yeah. Life is hard, difficult, which we talk about a lot on this podcast. But I just feel like, I don't know, maybe it's because we're nearing the end of the year. I, it doesn't even matter. doesn't even matter why. It just feels heavy and hard and, and a lot of sorrow, a lot of angst, a lot of anguish, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. There's so much going on. So if you're feeling any of those feelings, any of those emotions, please give yourself a break. We are, we are all collectively feeling it, I believe. So definitely. And also too, what's been interesting for, for me personally lately is the reminder that, that life is always changing. And we, like we always say, it's kind of a testament to what we always say because we can't control the things that happen in the external world, all of that stuff. And also that you're never really finished with things in your life. And I think it's why we talk so much about practices and tips and tools to cultivate that strong foundation from within because life will present you with challenges and issues and maybe issues that you thought you had already put to bed, but they can pop back up. And rather than things taking you out, feeling like, all right, it's here again. Like we, we've had some challenges with some work stuff and it, I thought that was done and now it's back. And I'm like, but we did, we finished this already. Why is this back? And it's that reminder that life is fluid and you can't be so finalistic with these kinds of things. And rather than being like, oh my God, like it's back and I can't handle it. It's just that reminder to be you know, rather than standing like rigidly in your life, being more like a tree and just letting the the wind of challenges blow through you rather than make you topple. That's really beautifully said, Michelle. And I also want to add, yes, we are all going through personal situations. You know, it it almost doesn't ever let up, but that is the way life is. And I think we talked about this during some of the episodes during the pandemic, and remembering that we're all we're all feeling the effects of the collective hardships and sorrows and troubles and difficulties worldwide as well. So I, I think I'm going to say it again because this is what I did before recording this podcast. I know you asked me, "Are you okay today, Mom?" And <laughs> I am okay. I just I just needed to take a deep breath and sit for a second. It's just everything for whatever reason right now feels heavy, especially if you're dealing with so many personal things 
and you're also, you know, con- connecting with the collective of what's happening worldwide. So always give yourself a break. Know you're doing the best you can in every moment. And it changes constantly. Like you said, be like a tree in the wind and just try to go with the flow of what's happening, doing your best in every moment. And I think this kind of leads really beautifully into the topic today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was going through some emails that I had and some blogs that I had written. And I noticed that there was a blog that I put out a few weeks ago that seemed to resonate with a lot of you all. And, and I've had a lot of requests for this topic too, as well. I think oh, it, have you? Yeah. Cause I think it is a, it's something that is subtle within us, I believe, but it's so important and we kind of don't even name it sometimes, I believe. But I think it's really important to think about this being an underlying factor in a lot of the actions we take, a lot of the feelings we have. So I'm super excited about talking about this today. Yeah. So we are going to chat about the concept of belonging and really what we think that belonging means. And as we always do, kind of redefining it in a way that can make us feel more aligned with it and not necessarily so alone because I brought this up when we were first talking about this topic to you, mom, of just, I think in this period of time of life, you know, we are, we've been through a pandemic. We've been through times where there's a lot of division. Um, There's a lot of isolation I think a lot of us have changed a lot over the years. Um, Difficult times change us. And I think we're in this period of time in life where we might feel like we don't belong where we used to belong, or we don't even know if we belong to ourselves anymore because so much of us has changed. And that feeling of belonging, I think is a really important part of life because if you don't have that sense of, fitting somewhere, it can really cause a lot of mental challenges. You can feel a lot of anxiety and depression about being left out in life. And I think we're going to talk about, I know we're going to talk about lots of ways that you can cultivate that sense of belonging, but really in a way that's not so outwardly focused. And I think in a way that actually serves us and I would like to add, I don't think we think about this much. I think the actions that we take all are in alignment with trying to solve that issue that we might have inside of us of where do we fit in and where do we belong. But I don't know if we actually name it that. And I'd like to take it all the way back to our birth, actually. I think when we're born, if we are born into a family structure where we feel like we belong, where we feel like we're taken care of, where we feel like we're nurtured. That sets us up for that feeling of belonging. And I think if we're born into a a family situation where we're not really getting that attention or not getting that loving care that a little infant needs, I think it can produce situations where we're constantly feeling like, you know, where do I belong or how do I fit in or what is it about me that may be causing the disconnect or whatever that is. I think it starts very, very young. I remember when I was a little girl on the playground, I probably was only five. And I remember vividly looking at all the kids playing and I was standing by myself. And I remember saying to myself, I don't fit here. I vividly, vividly remember that. And that kind of set me up really for the rest of my life. Where do I fit? And we all have to feel like we fit somewhere. We actually are engaged in or a part of everything. And I think also one more thing that has really heightened this, I think, for people, so we have to name it, is social media. Is this idea of looking at everybody else's highlight reels or looking at everything that people are doing and not feeling like we fit in or not feeling like we matter enough or not feeling like we measure up enough or whatever it is that goes on inside of us. I really believe it's all about that idea of where do we belong? And of course, I think for myself and my whole practice for the past three decades plus has been, you know, like what, 
who am I? You know, what, why am I really here? And what matters most to me? And what do I want? And what, as you talk about a lot, Michelle, what, what impact do I want to make? And all those things. So I think it, I would believe the root of all of this is the belonging. Hmm. It's kind of my feeling about, because it starts so young. I truly, truly believe it starts young. I will never, I will never forget that episode on the playground when I was around five years old. That's really interesting. And I think whatever situation you might find yourselves in, I think from a young age, we probably all have an experience or a situation where we don't feel like we belong, whether it's, you know, on the playground with other kids or maybe at home or in your community or in a religious situation, there's probably some aspect of our social lives where we feel like maybe we don't quite fit in or we're not quite accepted for who we are or maybe we just feel different from other people and we don't necessarily know how we fit. And I think it's that, like you said so nicely, that it really does start from a young age of being hyper aware of not fitting in. And then what is what do those feelings produce as we go along in life? And I think if you are at a young age not feeling like you fit in, it really progresses, especially if you're in a traumatic or a, a family situation where you don't feel like you fit into the family. Right. I mean, it's like, it doesn't stop. And I think it just keeps progressing. And I remember getting into high school or getting into middle school, any of those ages, getting into high school. I had no friends. I, I literally, I mean, I had acquaintances in high school and I, I talked to people once in a while, but I never walked the halls of school feeling like I had friends or feeling like I, I belonged there. I always felt like this doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like I go anywhere. It doesn't feel like I matter or, I mean, I certainly didn't think that I mattered from the inside, but it's just interesting how, as we look at this and I got requests on talking about belonging and you're right, since the pandemic, I think it's become heightened since social media has become heightened. What does that actually mean? And how does that manifest within us? that we don't belong and what it, what it does, how, how the consequences of it and the manifestation of it for me thinking about it is we'll do anything to try to figure out where we belong or we'll join anything or we'll say yes to something, or we're always looking at that external, as you said, Michelle, circumstances, how can we, how can we show up externally so people will notice us or that we feel like there's a sense of, wow, this is, this is what I need to do in order to feel worthy or in order to feel like I belong, which can never happen because outside world's always changing. It's super interesting because this is such a widespread and deep topic. And it, it kind of, when you, when we brought it up, it just felt like, oh yeah, like how do we belong? You know, just so simple, but it does touch every aspect of our lives and it impacts deeply our emotional states too, because when we feel like we don't belong like you started to mention, we feel unworthy. We feel unlovable. We feel like there might be something wrong with us because we don't look or act or believe the same things as other people do. And I think those feelings, as we talk about, you know, feelings wanting to be felt, but if we just kind of bottle them up, that can really create a lot of challenges in our lives of isolation and anger and resentment for life. Well, it's also, yes. And it's also so interesting to think about belonging. It's painful. Yeah. We it's don't, very painful. You just talked about emotions. It's incredibly painful, incredibly painful. And I think you equated it recently like a bird flying in the sky. I did. And searching for oh. somewhere to land, but never finding a safe place to come down to earth. So if you think about us as human beings, it's incredibly painful, but we don't really name the pain. I certainly didn't name the pain of it. I just felt like I didn't fit in. I didn't actually go to how it was making me feel emotionally. So if I named the pain of it, and then you think about that idea of never finding a true place to land, never being able to ground ourselves anywhere. I can't really be grounded in life. I can't be grounded in the earth. I can't be grounded anywhere. It just, when you, when you spoke about that being a bird trying to find a place to land, it's so perfect. It's so beautiful. How do we, how do we function in life if we haven't been able to really truly find a safe place to land? And I think that would 
that would definitely describe my childhood and my young adulthood until I went into treatment and started following a path of really starting to get to feel like, what do I need to do to belong? And I think it's obviously that idea of knowing that we belong to ourselves first, which we'll get into a lot during this episode, but it's a very frenetic, desperate energy. And I hope people can relate to this if you're feeling this, because I just, I'm going to say it again. I just don't think we name it. It's a very desperate energy and it's very, very lonely. And so it's so important. I think if you're feeling this, that you don't belong to name it and to realize that it's a, it is painful, it is lonely, and that there's nothing wrong with you. And I always felt there was something the matter with me. That's why I didn't belong. And that everybody in the world was shunning me. Well, I do think that that's quite a natural feeling if you don't feel like you belong or that there's something wrong with you. If you don't feel like you belong, that there's something wrong with you. I mean, I, I as kids, you know, if, if everyone's sitting at the lunch table and you're, you know, excluded at a table by yourself, like, why am I excluded? I think it starts so young where if, or, you know, your family, if your parents singled you out and treated you differently, you know, I, I think it's definitely a natural and instinctive reaction when you're not feeling like you fit in with a group that you're surrounded by, that you're the problem. I mean, we talk about this all the time. I'm being told you're the problem or believing that you're the problem because of your external situations. And so I do think that, and we'll get into this, like the steps of unwinding these beliefs is knowing that just because you don't fit in, in a situation, it's not because you're a problem or something's wrong with you. Yes. And I had, I have a little story to tell when I got out of treatment uh, for my bulimia back 39 years ago. Now, I remember talking to my sister and we were talking about, you know, all the things that I uncovered in therapy and all the in group therapy. And I remember talking to her about high school. You know, my sister was very popular and actually she's two years younger than I am. And actually most of my, my contemporaries in, in two years ahead were her friends too. I mean, she was very popular. And so I was talking to her about that. I said, you know, one of the things that came up is my loneliness and not having friends and feeling like I didn't belong. And you know what she said to me? She said, she said, Barbara, she said, you didn't give yourself a chance to belong. Cause I sat, I sat at a lunch table all the time by myself. It was because the more you foster that idea, you don't fit in, the more it comes to be reality. You don't, you don't fit in. You yeah, think you you're the problem. Walls up. Yeah. So my sister said to me, Barbara, you didn't feel like you belong because everyone that I talked to was afraid to come up to you because they felt like you were aloof. They felt like you wanted to be by yourself. They felt like that you didn't feel like you were, you didn't feel like you were fitting in, but you also didn't feel like you wanted to be with those people. So they felt an energy in me, like, stay away, don't come near me. So it was very fast. I go, what? She goes, yeah, I think people kind of wanted to be your friend, but you didn't, you, you didn't show any interest. And it was so eye-opening to me. It was like, oh my gosh, that is incredible. I would have loved for people to be my friend. So it starts early and I, I just want people to know that not only is there nothing wrong with you, but it, that it can be so insidious and manifest that way that you don't even know what's happening. So it's really important to get to know all the things and feel all the emotions so you can start to really understand what's happening with you from the inside out. I agree. And I think I, I struggle with that because yes, I understand. I, I think anyone that's ever been told that they're shy or quiet has probably had that experience where you feel left out or you're by yourself or you're not included. And then you, you've later somehow come to learn that the people that you felt left out by just thought they didn't let that you didn't like them. So they left you alone. And it's a little bit like a gaslighty to me because I don't necessarily know if that would change anything. Cause I remember I was super shy and super quiet in school. And later a girl told me like, oh, like you're just so quiet. And like, <laughs> I guess I had like a little bit of a resting bitch face. Like I just had a, maybe I didn't look like I wanted to be approached, approach, like you said. And so I didn't think you wanted to be friends. And I was so taken aback by that because I'm like, what? But it, it's also putting it, all the problems back on you. Like, 
Well, I think there's always a middle path. I'm saying, yes, I just think that, yeah, maybe path. they would have, but you don't know. And so to put it back on you, making you think, oh, what did I do wrong? Or what did I make? Th-? Like, it's just, I, I don't want anyone to feel like, again, that you're, you caused the isolation. I agree. And I think it matters though, how you're feeling. Of course. And so I felt like I didn't fit in. No one liked me. It wasn't about shyness. And I think you're right. That's totally different. But I think too, like- And it's not about, you're right. It's not about your, I can see how that could manifest in that. But for me, it was more about, I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't feel like anyone liked me. I thought I was the problem. I thought I thought, how could anyone like someone like me? So it wasn't for me about shyness. It was about, I'm the problem. I need to stay away because they don't like me anyway, because I came from this, you know, traumatic family. So I agree with you though. It's if you're a shy person for sure. And I know that that's something that you can relate to. If you're a shy person, yes, it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that there's that, that people wanted to get to know you, but you were too shy. No, I agree with you. That is not the case from my perspective of what happened to me. Right. But I think go into what, how you felt. I, cause I, but, because I think you and I had lots of conversations about that when you were little, that idea of not, not fitting in or not belonging or, or wanting to feel like you, you were in the flow of life with other people. Let's take a quick break first. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And we're back. So, yeah, I mean, I I just also want to say this is, we all want to belong. So there is nothing, we all, I, 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 you may not agree with this, but there is a piece of us that all wants to feel like we belong. And I do think everyone doesn't feel like they belong at some point in life. But see, maybe it's not to other people. Maybe it's not to the world or maybe it's not, but we all need to belong to ourselves. And which is what we're going to talk about, but we all have to feel like we can land somewhere safely. I guess that's what I love so much about our conversation about this. And maybe you don't call it belonging. You can call it whatever you want, but we all have to feel like our feet are planted firmly in the ground and that we are, we are grounded in some safe reality of life. Maybe let's put it that way. Right. And I think when we first start, when I first started thinking about this topic, when I think about belonging and what it means, I, I immediately think to Brene Brown, who's done so much research on this topic and has studied and interviewed so many people about this. And through her research, she says, I mean, I think this perfectly encapsulates everything that we're trying to say. Belonging is the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. Because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. Because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic and perfect selves to the world, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our own, than our level of self-acceptance. Yes. That, that it is, it is really beautifully said. That is what we're trying to say. So we, we all have a sense of this groundedness and it can never be grounded in the outside world because the outside world is always changing. So we will always be bounced around and never feeling that sense of landing in a safe place. And, and part of that belonging that she noticed in her research that the, the, the sense of belonging, belonging was important, but with this caveat that she says to quote, to be a part of something, to experience real connection with others, but not at the cost of their authenticity, freedom, or power. Yes. And so I think therein lies the piece that we're talking about, because so often we can cultivate a sense of faux belonging by, you know, trying to fit in and just changing who we are authentically or following along just because it's safe or, you know, making 
um, changing ourselves to fit in rather than being authentic and cultivating the people that are aligned in that way. I like that faux belonging. <laughs> no, it's, I love that. I love that. And the only way that we can have true authentic belonging is accepting ourselves. You know, so it's like that it is a circle or a cycle. We can't, we can't have true belonging in the outside world without having authentic acceptance of ourselves from the inside. So it has to come from the inside out. Belonging can never come from the outside in. And so I feel strongly that it wasn't until I went into treatment and started to unravel all the things inside of me that was making me not accept myself, making me feel like I don't matter, making me feel like if I have all these external things in alignment and all these external things happening and all these successes or whatever it is in the outside world, then I'll finally have a sense of belonging, or then I'll finally have a sense of happiness, which belonging can lead to if we feel grounded. But I love what you just said. It has to come from accepting ourselves completely, our authentic true self, knowing that when we show up in life as our authentic true self, that we will be connected with the people out there that are wanting to engage with us as an authentic true person that we don't have to shape shift ourselves to, to fit in or shape shift ourselves to live our lives. Or chameleon. I used to think of myself as a chameleon. You used to say that a lot as a child too. That, you know, to change, to fit into whatever situation I was in. And I think I felt that way a lot, probably up until my late twenties, early thirties of always just feeling like I can change myself to fit into any situation to be accepted and to belong. I can be this way with one group of people. I can be this way with another group of people. I can, you know, change this to do this. And I really felt like, I mean, I, I think that that is a, the faux belonging that we're talking about because it's a band aid to the situation because you get that, you know, immediate hit of, <clears throat> sorry. Oh, um, I'm being invited to do this. So I belong, but then it's, it's shallow in the sense that it doesn't satisfy that deep innate belonging that Brene Brown talks about of authenticity and self-acceptance of who we are. It's like that external bandaid, but we're not really tackling that wound from within. And the more that we try to chameleon ourselves, I think the more we prolong that real feeling of belonging and self-acceptance and, and fitting in with whatever that looks like. And I remember in high school, you and I had several conversations about you talking about being cool meant <laughs> belonging, you know, being cool. I mean, and remember, maybe you didn't use the word belong. And that's what no. I want to keep saying. It's being cool meant being accepted. Being having a lot of friends meant that that you were uh, you belonged and that you fit in and that you were accepted. So I remember we ha we had conversations about that and this whole idea of really abandoning yourself. So you're truly saying, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, who I am or my own personal preferences or the things that I want. It really matters how can I be cool and. I just want to say, you know, you were in high school, you know, 2000 to 2004 where social Thank media you. wasn't, well, social no, media wasn't right. so, so heightened like it we is We had today. no social media. So I, that's why I love that we're talking about well, this we had topic. Well, well, that's why I love why we're talking about this topic, because I think it's really huge, especially when you look at the presence of social media and the work that you and I do so much with high school kids, with teens. This is, this is key because social media has really empowered people to feel like they've got to be social or they've got to be, that's how they're going to belong. That's how they're going to get richer. That's how they're going to be famous or that's how they're going to make their mark in their own lives. And it's such a, I think it's really, you know, I, I, I just, I don't even know what to say about it, that I think it's really important. Very, very, very important that we start to put all of this into perspective of what it actually means to feel like we're living our lives. Well, I do think it's worth noting the, the narrative and the words that we use to, I always think it's fascinating to get to the root of, of any sort of situation. And I think when we're talking about belonging and fitting in and finding people that relate to you or making you feel like you're normal and not an outcast, I think it's important to, to dig into 
the words that we use and the narrative that we, that we tell around this kind of topic. And I think about back when I was in school, you know, if you were the person that was sitting at a table by yourself or didn't really have a lot of friends, you were a loser, you were weird, you were a loner, you were suspicious. You know, I think about how we often describe people who maybe aren't, who are on the outskirts. And it's very, very negative and insidious and harmful because we make it wrong. And I think that's the first step in this conversation to just because somebody might be a little bit different or not want to do certain things in a group with friends or, or whatever, like it doesn't make them wrong. They're not a problem for being on the outskirts. And I think that's a big part of this conversation because then we can go into, okay, if you are alone, where do you find your people? And it's not because you're a problem. Let me just read what you wrote recently, which I just love. I, I love it. I have this in my, my booklet. I wrote? You wrote. Okay. I began to forego my own personal preferences and constantly sought out social circumstances. I disavowed my true nature for the sake of external belonging. And so I spent many years of my life choosing unaligned social circumstances just for the sake of fitting in. No amount of changing, adjusting, and camouflaging actually brought me the belonging I craved. It made me feel more lost, disconnected, and alone. After years of frustration, confusion, and heartache, I realized that something had to change. I had to alter my course, take a look at what belonging really meant to me, and redefine it. Belonging to me is no longer an external desire, but an internal foundation that I cultivate on a daily basis. And I think that's what we're talking about. And how do you, how do you get to that place? And I think for me and possibly for you, you get to that place by, by trial and error. You get to that place by doing all these things that we think that belonging means, or that we think fitting in means, or that we think social media is trying to tell us the external world's trying to tell us what we need to do to be successful and happy And then realizing, I love this part of it, realizing that it made you feel more lost, more disconnected and alone, which is exactly what happened for me. And I ended up developing the eating disorder of bulimia and then going into treatment. So I think if you want to expand on that a little bit, Michelle, because I love that so much. Because I think that's what we're all, I think we all experience that to different levels and different degrees. Definitely. So what I think about this is, Going back a little bit first, I think that the conversation that we have around belonging and the judgments that we have about belonging and who belongs and who doesn't and what that means about them is a conversation worth re-examining and revisiting because we are all different and unique people with different feelings and beliefs and life paths. And so it's important to remember that we're not all going to fit into the same box. And the more that we can cultivate a mindset of openness and acceptance to people who are different. I think we can start to, you know, I always think about too, I think it was Glennon Doyle who said a while ago, like your friend, your friend circle isn't a circle. It's a horseshoe, you know, keeping that space open for more people. And I think so often we, especially when we're kids or in high school or growing up years, you think of the circles and that you're not necessarily included. And so I think when we think about belonging in those instances, it's cultivating openness and releasing the judgment that if you're different or if you're quiet or if you're alone, there's not something wrong with you and there's no judgment about it. Because I think that's where when we have judgment for people who are different or who don't necessarily fit in, that really breeds a lot of toxic dynamics in our for ourselves, for our families, for our communities, for society on the whole. So I feel like first it's, it's really honoring and accepting our own uniqueness and not demonizing it and not trying to make people fit into boxes. But then yes, secondly, it does stem back to, which we talk about, I think every single episode, but that relationship that we have with ourselves. And I do think, you know, 
it's why we say growing up, but when you're in your growing up years, you don't really have a sense. Maybe, maybe, maybe kids these days have a better sense, but at least for me, it is very confusing to try and figure out who you are and what you want and what kind of friends you want to have or what kind of experiences you want to participate in or what you, what matters to you because we're constantly being influenced. And like you said, now with social media too, we're constantly being influenced by what we think we should be focusing on or what we think we should look like or what we think our lives should be or whatever the thing might be. And so I guess I would say the sooner that you can start to at least, you know, we, like we talk about so often with the thoughts in the mind, you know, we have a track in our mind that's constantly telling us one thing about belonging or fitting in or what we need to be. But if you can start to cultivate maybe a different conversation to converse back to it, like, is that true? Do I need to do this? Does this matter to me? What is important to me? Um, does going to this situation really make me feel good and happy? Am I, um, you know, taking away from myself or going against things that I value by doing this? I think just engaging in that inner dialogue is a great first place to start because like I said before, I did spend a ton of my early years feeling very conflicted from the inside out and really yearning and striving for that sense of belonging. And even if I had a bunch of friends or was always doing stuff, I never really felt like I had it. And again, I'm not to psychoanalyze like my own life, but I do also think it probably stems from, you know, you getting divorced from an early age and having like two families and feeling like, how do you belong to two families? And I think most of us can have similar experiences like that of the camouflaging of yourself to fit in starts young. I don't know if that made sense, but I think, you know, people often ask like, if you could go back and tell your younger self something, what would it be? And I do think it's, it's this dynamic of not betraying yourself and who you are. But I also think, like you said, you have to go through it to really learn who you are. So I, it's like a catch 22 for me because I feel like I spent so much of my life camouflaging and shape-shifting and changing. But again, it taught me so much about myself and it brought me to where I am today. But I don't know if that made any sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. I love it. I love it. I love what all you said. It's, I think one of the things I keyed in on was you saying you're growing up years. And so I think what I would tell my younger self is take it easy. Don't, don't think that it's the end of the world every time something happens Yeah, and really take it easy and learn. And just, you're going to grow from the learning and become, because I think the growing up years last until a lifetime, but I actually think the primary growing up years last until you're about 30. And I'm speaking as a woman, um, you know, I don't know, I can't speak for anyone else, but I feel like if I, if I had told my younger self, wow, just take a deep breath and just, you know, not get so concerned about that life is, life is going to pass me by, or I'm not, I'm going to be left out or all the things that we think about, we're just got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. I just feel like we need to just take it easy, take a deep breath and really just know that whatever is happening, we got it. And we don't, we don't feel that way. I think when we're that young, when we're younger like that, or when we're in high school or even when we're in university or whatever it is. So I, I feel strongly that it is so important, especially what you said, Michelle, to start to re- start to develop or cultivate or whatever word you want to say, a relationship with yourself. Start to just sit down and just say, how am I feeling right now? Every day, I must ask myself 20 or 30 times a day. I'll take a deep breath to say, Barb, what are you feeling right now? And if it's overwhelmed, then I'll ask, you know, what, what is overwhelming you? So starting to actually honor what you're feeling and what's happening for you in the moment and really starting to get that connection from within. And I think one of the other things that you wrote about, which I love so much, you made it a priority 
to start learning about yourself, to start uncovering things about yourself, to starting to treat yourself with respect. We don't treat ourselves. If we actually could eavesdrop in on what we're saying to ourselves all day long, it's very disrespectful. It's very false. It's very cruel most of the time. It's very mean to ourselves. It's things that we would never say to the person that we love the most. And so we truly have to just take a stop and pause for a moment and just say, wait a minute, what am I saying to myself? How am I treating myself? And then I expect to go out into the world and find love and happiness and acceptance when I don't even treat myself with the respect and honor myself with the worthiness that I deserve. And I know that's hard if you've, if you've been through trauma, which I have been, to even feel like that you're worthy. But you have to trust that you are. And you have to like do the hard work that it takes to uncover all of that trauma or all of that chaos or all of that disruption that's happened. So you can get to that place. Yes, we are human beings worthy, worthy, worthy of just being worthy and not because we do anything, just because we are a human being. And we are blessed to be a human being that we have the ability to be able to actually start uncovering all these things that we can start to love and honor and respect ourselves. It's the only way that for me, I've found that it could work so that I'm not constantly feeling like I'm being battered around by life. And, and wh- what am I missing? What, what, what do I need to do to make all this work? What you need to do, I feel like what I needed to do to make it all work was start to have a relationship with myself. And I talk to myself all the time, which I know you know that. Yeah. You know, and then we find that safe landing space. You know, we find that place. Okay, things didn't go great at all today. As you said, Michelle, we're having some some turmoil things happening right now, but we can just take a deep breath. You can have a hard day or a hard week or a hard month, whatever it is. I'm not saying it's going to all go smoothly after you take a deep breath and sit down. Right. But knowing that we got this. Okay. It's going to be rocky road right now, but we got this. And I do want to say too, I think that going back to, to your point, if I could go back to myself in a younger age of what I would say, I, again, I, you can't take away those experiences because they do shape and, and mold and form who you are. And like Michelle Obama says, like we're always in a state of becoming. But I do think if there was something that I could change or, or teach myself is to not judge myself so much for it, like not judge myself or be so hard on myself for, for camouflaging or for, you know, saying yes to something that wasn't in alignment with me or to, to going with the flow when maybe I shouldn't have, because the judgment about it doesn't help you. You know, the situation will teach you something, but you being hard to your hard on yourself or self-loathing or being so critical of yourself doesn't teach you anything. It just keeps you stuck in the mistake or in the choices that you made. Well, and it blocks you from learning. Right. Actually, it, when we are self-loathing and disrespectful and unkind to ourselves, we literally are blocking the ability that life gives us to move through the hardships, to move through the turmoil, to move through the chaos. We are becoming our worst enemy. And so we have to decide, can we become our own best friend or are we going to continue to be the person that doesn't think that we're worthy, that doesn't think that we belong or that doesn't think that we matter or that doesn't think we're deserving of respect. And all of those things block us, I believe, because it's certainly blocked me, block us from the the life that we're trying to live and and what we're actually trying to attain. We want to be happy. We want to be successful. We want to be all these things. And we're actually sabotaging ourselves, really, right? when we're not kind and respectful of ourselves. Right. It, It does no one any good or gives no one brownie points for beating yourself up for choices that you made. And I think too, there's an aspect of being on a path towards figuring out who you are and what you want and making choices that are in alignment with that, that will put you in situations where you might be alone or where you might be, you might lose people that you once fit in with, but that you no longer fit in with. And I think as we evolve and become and grow, that is also a natural part of life where you kind of ebb and flow in and out with different groups of people. And I think that not being afraid to be alone while you figure out who you are. 
and they're my favorite, favorite song in the whole wide world that really helped me to get through those difficult periods where you are alone is that the John Mayer song, Age of Worry. But it, he says in, in one of the lyrics, um, don't be scared to walk alone and don't be scared to like it. Um, and it's that, you know, you sometimes when I've been alone with myself and sticking up for myself, I like it. And it makes me feel so much more empowered and self-confident when I am walking in alignment with myself. And maybe I'm alone in that moment, but it's such a more fulfilling feeling to like really embody myself. And then knowing that the people that are aligned with me in that way will come. It's like that, that faith and trust that, that I think you have to have with this yearning to belong that when you do start to really embody yourself and who you are, yes, you might be alone because maybe the people that weren't aligned with you are going to fall away, but don't go back to that camouflaging because you're scared, you know, keep on that path of self-alignment because even though you might be alone in that little interim and it's really scary and it's kind of like that purgatory of the past and the future, I do have to hold on to that belief that as I continue on this path, the people that appreciate the real me and respect the real me and want to be around the real me do come. And it's like, you can like, like John Mayer says, you can like that aloneness because it's, you really finally, um, owning who you are. I love that. I I think it's really the crux of everything. And I'd like to share the prior episodes to this one. We did three episodes on my 30 day silent retreat, meditation retreat. We missed those. Go back and listen to them. It was pretty profound. And why I bring it up now is I remember being on that silent meditation retreat. And I remember about a week, a week or two into the retreat in one of my meditations, I was crying because it there was a there was a a sense inside of me that said, You're not going through this divorce and going through such a painful time for the past three years. This voice just kept saying, You're not honoring yourself enough. You're not loving yourself enough. You're not owning the pain that you feel. You're just trying to move through it. And so I want to share this with all of you. I started, I have always done meditations and, and mantras and all the things out to the world for other people. And I've never actually done it for myself. It's so weird for me to say that because it's, it's so weird. So what I want to share with you, what I did during this retreat, and I've been doing it ever since, and it has really helped me even more to deepen the connection that I have with myself. I thought I had a really deep honoring connection with myself. And I do, but this has actually taken me deeper because I spent the next two weeks of that retreat honoring the pain that I've felt for the past three years. So I want to share this with you. This could be a beginning for all of you that's trying to figure out how do I start to connect with myself or how do I start to own some of the feelings that I'm feeling around all of this idea of my authentic true self and belonging. So I want to share this with you. And I, it's been pretty profound for me. So just sit in quiet with yourself and just repeat these phrases to yourself silently. I am aware of this pain. I care about this pain. May this pain release. Just do that for, you know, one, two, three minutes. Just really deeply understanding that you're in pain and you're aware that you are in pain and you care about your own pain. And you're asking for the pain to be released. You're asking for it to move through you. Profound. And then you end, you end that whole sitting session with this, silently repeating to yourself, may I be safe. May I be deeply happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. And this whole practice of just sitting for a minute or two with yourself like this It may not feel like anything is happening in the beginning, but I promise you, I am, I am speaking with full experience of doing this for the past. I've been doing it a long time for other people, but doing this for the past, I don't know, eight months or whatever it's been. I promise you, you start to have that connection with yourself that you have with the person that you love the most in life. 
Mm-hmm. Like you're starting to care about how you feel. You're starting to care about that this is painful. You're starting to care about letting it move through you so you can then move on to the next thing in your life. And you're asking for all the things you want, safety, happiness, health, and living life with a sense of knowing and connectedness. I love that. I think that is the perfect first step towards really starting to belong to ourselves. And like we say so often, becoming your own best friend and knowing that even if you don't necessarily feel like you belong externally, you always belong to yourself. And that's, that's not nothing. I mean, I do believe as social creatures and and creatures who crave connection, we need external connection to really thrive. But if you can have that foundation from within where you know that you belong to yourself and love yourself and you might make mistakes, but not judging yourself that you can really then cultivate the rest of that, those belonging feelings from there. Well, the internal connection, the internal caring, the internal respect, the internal feeling of worthiness is the path to the external connection, to the happiness, to the success, to the feeling of I belong. It all starts from the inside out. It all starts from the growing. And you're right, you're going to make lots of mistakes. We're going to do all kinds of things but that's how we learn. I believe we came to life to learn and to grow and then become the best version of who we already are from the inside out. And so this little practice of acknowledging our own pain and acknowledging our own love for ourselves and acceptance of ourselves, and then asking for what we want, safety, happiness from the inside out, not from the outside in, little by little by little, we start to really feel that connection that we can have with our true selves, our authentic selves. And we start to feel, as you said, as I was reading that, what you had written before, as you said, finding that landing space or that bird trying to find a safe place to land. So we always know that we have safety from within or we have happiness from within or the health. Yeah. You're safe within yourself. Yes. And this just came to me and I feel like it's worth saying, even though this is probably a whole other conversation in and of itself, and maybe we'll add on to a part two or whatever, but it's also important to notice whatever mechanisms or things that you do to numb the feelings of not belonging or the, the things that, and practices that you do to make you feel like you belong that aren't necessarily, necessarily healthy for you. And as you were talking, I just started to think about how drinking was that for me, because I think that that was like the ultimate crutch for me to feel like I could belong because that's how I felt I could fit in. And just then that numbing the feelings of not belonging. So if there's maybe some sort of, and I'm sure probably for you, bulimia, if there's any sort of self-sabotaging or unhealthy habits or patterns that you pick up and on your journey to belonging, just starting to notice again, what you're numbing and what it's creating or adding to your life. And again, we can talk more about this, but I did, it came to me that there are habits that we pick up in this journey to belonging that, that keep us stuck in that, in that cycle as well. I love that, Michelle. And as you can see, we're fully transparent and open about talking about drinking, talking about bulimia. And so all of this is done without judgment, without judgment of yourselves, not, not judgment of other people towards you, but judgment of yourselves, not judging yourself. Oh my gosh, this is my problem. It's really just, oh, like a little light bulb's going off. Oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what's happening. Oh, now what are some of the steps that I can take? Because once we become aware, you know, awareness is key. Once we become aware, then we can start to take the little baby steps or whatever it is that we need to do to get to the place where we're trying to go. We're not, yeah. we're not then sabotaging ourselves and we're not blocking ourselves from becoming the person that we're, that we're wanting to become or that who we're striving to be. Yeah. I just think that that was such a big part mm-hmm. for me that I had kind of glossed over in my mind of feeling like for me, belonging meant drinking because that was such a socially acceptable thing, but also drinking then led to a unaligned version of me that did and said things that I don't, that aren't a lot. And so it was, that was an additional kind of self-loathing of doing, of drinking to belong, but then doing things that made me feel outcasted again. And so it was like, I'm doing, I'm participating in stuff that makes me feel like I can be a part of a social group. But then because of my own um, 
brain chemistry, you know, do things that also then while drinking that can keep me, you know, separated. So I just, just be mindful too of the things that you do to try and stay connected that aren't healthy for you. And again, we can talk about more of that, that in another episode. I know it was kind no, of it's, a loaded think, topic to bring it up at the final hour. No, I think it's important though. I think it's really important. And I, but just, I, I couldn't, that was such a huge piece of the belonging that made me feel, I guess what I'm trying to say is that made me feel like that was the key to belonging, but it was also the barrier that was keeping me stuck. And so that was like that vicious cycle that I got stuck in, I think in my mid to late twenties to early thirties of being in that, that dynamic. No, I think it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's important that you bring that up because it is the self-sabotage that we're doing that we're not even aware of. So I guess I would just times. ask yourself, what behaviors are you feeling like you have to engage with it, whether it's drinking or whatever that makes you feel like you have to belong. That's maybe not in alignment with who yeah. you are. Beautiful. But I yeah, want to, I want to close my more. part of this segment with, or with this episode, actually just, it came to me, this idea of that we're never, we never stop learning. And we never stop growing. And I brought up that whole part of having an even more deeper connection with myself during that retreat and thinking that I wasn't feeling that I wasn't treating myself with the love and kindness that I deserved. That, that is the testament that we're always, we're never done. We're never, oh my gosh, now I got it. I don't need to, I don't need to lean on the external world for belonging. I don't need to do this. I don't, we're never done. We're never done uncovering. Oh, I could treat myself a little bit better. Oh, you're not acknowledging Barb, the pain you've been feeling for three years. So it's, it's important to never have this expectation that you're done. We're always growing. We're always learning because there's a lot of curiosity and excitement about that. I'm really thrilled that I started this whole practice in eight months ago about acknowledging my own pain. It's just kind of a fun way to live life. For me, it's been really fun. So never any self-judgment or, oh my gosh, you didn't learn that yet? You've been in therapy for all these years, you didn't learn that? Never, ever, ever do that to yourself. Never do that to yourself. And really just honoring and loving yourself completely and knowing that it's a process. And it's never too late. That was the other thing I want to say. It's never too late to be the person that you desire to be, to become, you know, that greatest version of who you already are. And it's never, ever, ever too late to live the life that you came here to live or that you deeply desire to have. You're never too old. I love that. And I think for me, it's just like John Mayer says, don't be scared to walk alone and don't be scared to like it. And then he also goes on to say, be friends with what you are. Life coach John Mayer, who knew? (laughs) I love it. But Thank you everyone for being here. Yeah, just really honoring yourself and cultivating that deep sense of self-love and self-acceptance to know that you do belong somewhere and with this, you belong to yourself for sure. You belong to community to people and you belong to us here in the BKB universe. So we are always that horseshoe community that will always welcome you in. So we're grateful for that. We love you. Thank you so much for listening and thank you mom for sharing and thank you for being a part of this community. We are so grateful for all of you and we do love you and you are, you all belong here. If you have any podcast topic requests or want to stay in touch with us and ask us any other questions, make sure you're following us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb Knows Best Pod. As you know, that's the best way to do so. Also, please make sure that you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you can always stay up to date with new episodes and new updates. Lastly, we would absolutely love your support with a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify and leaving a review. As you know, that helps us immensely and we're so grateful for it. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you, mom. And we will chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.